the dead deer's voice. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers. And I'm co-host Travis Owen. And on today's episode, we really have an exciting topic for you. I know I say that every time, but I'm really excited about this one. We are talking with Laura Conley from the MDC to talk about the Black Bear season. And uh, we talk about upcoming things and uh, what they've been doing for the past uh, 12 years on this project and uh, what the future is going to look like for Missouri Black Bears. She even gives us a little bit uh, of strategy, you know, and kind of some of the reasons behind why they have the regulations they have this year for Black Bears in Missouri. But she gave us a lot of information. I mean, most... It seemed like we had a bunch of questions for her, and she just kept nailing the questions. Sometimes even before we asked them. So she's she's full of knowledge and uh, really really gave us uh, the 101 on Missouri black bears. Yeah, and with that being said, we'll go ahead and get into the podcast, Travis. Let's go ahead and do it. Yes, sir. All right, well, we're rolling, and we are on with Laura Conley from MDC, and we're here to talk about a pretty captivating subject in my circle of friends, and that is black bears in Missouri. And uh, Laura, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. We've been uh, really excited about this, and we wanted to ask you a lot of questions regarding the black bear season exactly what it entails but first we want to talk about you tell us a little bit about yourself and sure. uh, your story ultimately what made you decide to work in conservation yeah so um i am originally from northern illinois so not a place really with bears so i um i did not get my start in this field working with bears i actually studied long-tailed weasels for my master's degree down in southern illinois uh, but always had an interest in wildlife management and um, kind of the research and applied management so using research to help inform management decisions Um, so out after schooling i worked in massachusetts as their fur bear and black bear project leader so started out working with bears. I was out there for almost nine years. Um, and then our family relocated back to the Midwest and, and the position here in Missouri opened up. So kind of the stars aligned for that. And I did not grow up in a hunting family. Uh, I grew up in a camping family and a hiking family and always had an interest in the outdoors. And, and it wasn't until I got further along in my schooling that I really started to understand uh, the importance of um, hunting and conservation and things like that. And so kind of got into it a little bit later in life and and do that with my family now. But um, that's kind of how I got interested in the field in general. And so at this point, I've been working with bears for, uh, gosh, since 2010. So so quite some time at this point. That's really cool. And exactly what is your title now? So I am the fur bearer and black bear biologist. So I'm a resource scientist within the Department of Conservation. Uh, And so my principal duties are really looking at uh, research to help inform management decisions. So we utilized a lot of the bear research that we had done to help set the season limits and the season timing and things like that. So um, kind of a very applied focus to research and management. Well, that's going to 
that's going to suit well for this episode then because we have a lot of questions about those things. And, uh, you know, I was going to ask you how you're directly related into the bear season, but I think you couldn't be more directly related to the bear season here in Missouri. It's really cool. So um, before we get into, you know, black bears and and the hunting and stuff, I wanted to talk about maybe the history of black bears in Missouri as far as like, I don't know anything about it. I've lived north of the Missouri River my whole life, so I don't really ever remember hearing about any bears in Missouri. So I was hoping you could help us out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, bears here in Missouri followed a similar trajectory to a lot of other places. Um, So they were historically quite abundant here throughout the forested parts of the state. There are a lot of early records of bears and things like that. Uh, But during European settlement and large-scale habitat changes, um, there was a lot of unregulated take of bears, so a lot of unregulated killing, um, and then some substantial habitat changes that really detrimentally impacted bears within the state. So think the logging of the Ozarks in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So the combination of those factors really drove bear numbers in this state very, very low. To the point that by the early 1900s, we thought bears had been extirpated from the state. So basically driven to local extinction. Uh, Some of our research suggests that we did likely have a very small remnant population that kind of hung on in the most remote parts of the Ozarks. Uh, But by and large, you know, for all intents and purposes, bears were really, really low to the point where most folks thought they weren't in existence in the state anymore. Uh, and, and that similar trajectory happened in some of our neighboring states as well. And so in the 1950s and 1960s, Arkansas Game and Fish conducted a series of reintroductions into the Ozarks and Washita's of Arkansas. And so as that Arkansas population grew, we started getting an increased number of reports of bears in southern Missouri, and it got to the point where it was pretty apparent that there was an established population. We weren't just seeing transients moving through or kind of, you know, utilizing home ranges in both states. We had reproduction within the state. And then we just continued to see the growth in that. So in 2008, we updated a black bear management plan that identified a lot of the key research needs. So what were the things that we didn't know about bears in the state and how do we get to that knowledge? And then what were some of the things we needed to be doing because we had a bear population within the state? Um, So that plan really kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of the subsequent research that was conducted. And that research really kicked off in 2010 where we started Um, a large-scale population study. And so at that point, we knew we had a bear population, but we didn't have an estimate of the population. We were still understanding what bear range looked like in the state. Uh, And so that got us to our initial population estimate of around 350 bears. So you saw that number for a long time, basically from 2012 all the way up until our most updated population estimate a couple of years, our newer population estimate a couple of years ago. But that initial study um, was really the foundation for the work that we've been doing here. Um, It was a hair snare study. So they set up barbed wire, hair snare corrals in the woods of southwestern Missouri, collected bear fur. And from that bear fur, you can get genetic information and estimate how many bears you have within that study area. So that's how we got to that initial population estimate. Uh, But it didn't tell us 
how quickly the population was growing. So we then transitioned into uh, the study that's kind of been the most, you know, the biggest topic of conversation as of late, which was our reproductive and survival study. So we have female bears that are collared. We visit them in the winter den, um, count the number of cubs they have, monitor how how those females survive, what the ages are at reproduction and things like that. All of those important characteristics to understand how quickly that population is growing. And so all of that information allowed us to model our population growth to the point where we're at about 800 bears right now in the state. Um, and so we're seeing a really rapid expansion, a really rapid recolonization. Um, and that kind of, you see that play out in a lot of the media right now. You, you know, there were bears outside of St. Louis and we had bears here in central Missouri, north of the Missouri River and things like that. And that's just a byproduct of this growing and expanding bear population that we have. So, uh, we are still in kind of that recolonizing phase. We have a lot of bear habitat available where in some of these areas, bears are just getting to or they haven't gotten to yet. So um, so we're still kind of in that, that growth and expansion phase of our population here. Um, so what uh, do you guys have an estimated uh, area of recolonization as of like uh, this year or last year? Um, just the approximate area where they have reached or anything like that yeah so it's kind of variable so so we generally say that primary bear range is generally south of interstate 44 and that is especially the further south you go so so when you think about missouri and black bears you're really thinking about the forested parts of the state and that's really the ozark so kind of the southern third of the state really covers that primary bear range as you get further north, we've kind of dubbed these areas expansion areas. And so when we think about the areas around Lake of the Ozarks and south and west of St. Louis, those are expansion areas. So we have uh, frequent reports of bears in these areas. We have resident bears in some of those locations, um, but bears are still increasing in number in those areas. And especially when we think about south and south of St. Louis, that area in particular um, we get a lot of dispersing bears that show up in a suburb and then they're gone and then, you know, they move on to the next one. And, right. and that typically happens during May and June when yearling basically subadult bears disperse. Uh, but those areas are very connected to that core bear habitat. Right. And that's, and that's why we see bears show up in many of those areas. And I'm assuming you're finding that these bears are, moving farther and farther and spreading out because of how many how much the population has gained speed yeah. and all that yeah yep absolutely so we so we estimate that our population is growing at about nine percent annually so with that kind of wow. growth rate we expect it to double in about a decade and so it's a it's a rapid growth rate it's not something that's out of the realm of you know, of the literature for recolonizing populations, but it is a rapid growth rate. Um, but the thing that we have to keep in mind when we think about, you know, these areas, especially south of St. Louis, where, you know, where we have higher human population density, uh, 
one individual bear can generate a ton of reports. So those bear reports, you know, when we think about the number of bear reports that we get or how many people are seeing bears and things like that, it's not a one-to-one relationship in terms of bear numbers. It just gives us an idea as to where these bears are moving through, where they're showing up, where, you know, we might need to be doing some outreach to tell folks about living with bears and, and things like that. Um, so, so there is that effect of it too, that, you know, uh, some of the bears that showed up in central Missouri, you know, some of those bears, it's, it's an individual bear can generate an awful lot of reports, especially when it's moving around across the landscape pretty rapidly. Right. And this is new for a lot of people, you know, so Mm -hmm. seeing a bear for the first time in Missouri is going to be something that's going to be talked about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for a lot of people, that's exactly what it is. It's like they, they, they've heard that they can report sightings to us. They're super excited that they got to see one. So they submit that report or it's just followed by a bunch of questions. Like I, you know, what do I do? Do I have to change how I think about trash management or bird feeders and and things like that? Uh, So there's a lot of that education that goes along with it. And uh, we have a, a newly updated black bear management plan that kind of has three primary goals. And one of those goals is focused on education and outreach because it's such a critical component of black bear management, especially because for so many people, this is brand new. Right. And I I think it's super exciting just because, I mean, Missouri is one of the few states that we actually have a bear on our flag. And yet for the past, you know, 100 years or or whatever, we really haven't, nobody's hardly seen them. And so it's completely new and pretty exciting kind of, uh, oh, a chapter in Missouri history is is, uh, bear introduction and and, uh, I'm glad to hear they're they're thriving right now. So that's good. And it always makes us hunters excited when there's something new that we can hunt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So another question I guess I have about um, as far as the bear population, how far do you see these black bears going in Missouri? Do you think they're going to make it all the way up to the Iowa border? So, So the thing with bears that we need to keep in mind, they are primarily a forest dwelling species. So they do need that forested habitat to meet their living requirements. Uh, They are quite adaptable, though, so they can use pretty fragmented forests and and things like that. Um, When we look at our collared bears and look at habitat selection and their preferences and things like that, the bears that we have collared right now are within the core range of our our population down in southern Missouri. Uh, They are quite choosy in the habitats that they choose. So right now they're selecting for very large tracts of forested land, you know, a lot less fragmentation and things like that, those bigger connected tracks. Those are really important, you know, habitat types for them currently. Uh, But when we look to a lot of the other states that have large bear populations and forest fragmentation, bears can be quite adaptable. So they can use a variety of different forested types, but that forest is really the key factor that they need. So, so, while it's not out of the realm of possibility to have a bear show up anywhere because they can cover such large distances, and, and we have had that happen, uh, they are still really driven by that forested and that, and that forest connectivity. Um, so we know that they can utilize some of these more fragmented landscapes, but whether they establish themselves further up in those more more fragmented forests i think that kind of remains to be seen at this point really how far that expansion will go Uh, 
But the further north we have the breeding component of our population, then the closer some of those wandering bears are to some of those locations. So, so that's, that's kind of part of it. Um, you know, when we see kind of the directionality of our expansion, we're, we're seeing that bear population expand in kind of a north and northeastward trajectory. And that really follows those very large tracts of connected forest. So, so they can show up in a variety of different places, but whether they establish in those areas uh, kind of remains to be seen at this point. Um, really, you know, when we look at the, the highest quality forested habitat, that's really still south of the Missouri River. Although we do have some very large tracts adjacent to the river um, that are pretty connected to big forested tracts south of the river. So areas like Montgomery County and Warren County, areas where we do get bear reports periodically every year, close to every year. So, so within those areas, uh, the forest is certainly there. Uh, so, so we'll see, but I think when we think about kind of the uh, expansion that we're seeing, we're still a ways away from a lot of that further out establishment. You know, we're really looking at, um, as that population continues to grow, filling in those areas that are um, just north of what we would be considering that core bear range. So just north of Interstate 44, south of the Missouri River at this point. Okay, right um, on. Yeah, well, with that being said, I think we need to start talking about the the hunting of the bears. Yes, yeah. sir. So, uh, I guess we'll start with, can you kind of give the listeners a rundown of how they can hunt a black bear in Missouri? Yeah, so so this is, it's a really exciting time for us. This is our very first modern day hunting season for bears. And so, our population has reached a level where it can sustain this limited and highly regulated harvest, which is which is really exciting to be able to offer this opportunity for sportsmen and women um, to participate in this. Um, so um, if somebody is interested in participating in the bear hunt, they do need to submit an application. So the application period for this very first season has come and gone. The permits have already been drawn. Um, but the application period will be May 1st through May 31st. Um, so somebody would need to apply to hunt and they have to select the zone that they would be interested in hunting in. So they have to apply for a specific zone. We have three zones within the southern part of the state. And so zone one um, is our smallest zone. That's in the extreme southern part of the state, south and southwestern part of the state. Um, that area is really where we've had bears established the longest. It kind of encompasses the counties where we've had bears established the longest. Um, and, and so that's zone one. Zone two is the larger of the three zones. That zone encompasses portions of southern Missouri and goes all the way up to the Missouri River, basically on the eastern half of the southern Missouri. And then zone three is basically the rest of southern Missouri, encompasses Lake of the Ozark, Truman Reservoir, and those areas. Um, so, so three different bear zones. Um, you would have to apply for a specific bear zone in May. The application is $10, and that's a non-refundable application. And then the permit drawing happens by July 1st. So you would know whether you've been drawn for a permit by July 1st, and that permit is specific to the zone you applied for. So if you're awarded a permit, it's for that zone that you applied for. Um, one of the things that is 
unique in Missouri to bear hunting. It's not something we have for other species. We do have a harvest quota system also. So we have a permit quota where the Conservation Commission approves the number of permits issued for each zone. And then we also have a harvest quota. So that harvest quota uh, is essentially a cap on the number of bears that can be taken. And it's a zone-specific harvest quota. So um, each zone has its own harvest quota. So for this coming season, zone one has a 20-bear harvest quota, zone two has a 15-bear harvest quota, and zone three has a five-bear harvest quota. And so if that harvest quota is reached, it basically closes the season. Um, so you wouldn't be able to hunt after that quota has been reached. Um, but if the quota is not reached, we have a 10-day season um, that starts, for this year, it starts October 18th. So it's basically the Monday after Columbus Day um, and then runs for 10 days or until that zone-specific harvest quota is achieved. Um, one of the things we are also offering, we have a Discover Nature Black Bear Hunting Basics class. Um, and so that class is something that, um, you can sign up for, and it encompasses basically everything you could want to know about bear hunting in Missouri that we could cram into two hours. So there's a lot to talk about, and we try to cover just about everything, but it goes over the rules and the regulations, things you need to think about, and then also tips for scouting and considerations that you need to keep in mind for processing a bear and things like that. Um, so if it's something that you know folks are interested in, We'll have another one of those classes coming up towards the end of September, likely be advertising for that. And that's something that we intend to just offer that class periodically, just like we do a lot of our other Discover Nature hunting classes. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, that is really cool because, you know, there's going to be folks out there that have never even seen a bear and now we're going to be sure. hunting them. Right. So it's going to be a really good setup to at least get them uh, in the right direction to be able yep. to hunt these bears if effectively um and just out of curiosity uh is that application for the uh bear draw is that online or is that a mail-in or how how is that nope it's online so you so you can submit your application online through the mo hunting app or at any of our permit vendors okay awesome awesome yep. and just i think you already said it but uh when are the season dates for the bear season so this, this year? So the season for this year runs October 18th to October 27th. Okay. Now, what was your guys' thought process as far as uh, putting the bear season in the fall? I know mm -hmm. um, me not being a, a bear expert by any means, but when I see stuff on like the Outdoor Channel, I'm seeing a lot of spring bear hunting. So I just wanted to know kind of what your guys' thought process was on that. Yeah, yeah. So so that is something that is common, especially in the Western United States and in Canadian jurisdictions, spring bear hunts. Um, in the Eastern United States, it's generally fall bear seasons. And so and, and the Western states, a lot of them have fall bear seasons as well. Um, so so we looked at it as uh, in this case, with this very first season, it's really a season of opportunity. So the objective of the season is to provide this opportunity for Missourians to be able to participate in this harvest. Um, there's, you know, so, so 
the season timing and things like that, we're really focused on creating a very limited, very highly regulated season, um, especially given that it's the first season here. So, so looking at that fall season timing, uh, kind of following what most other states do for for those for those seasons in the fall. Um, one of the things that we looked at was bear activity and movement rates and things like that of our collared bears uh, to determine when bears generally entered their winter den and, and things like that. So we used a lot of the information from our research project to really hone in on kind of that, that season timing and setting it in that uh, October timeframe when a majority of our bears are still um, out and about moving around. They have not entered the winter den at that point. Um, so really focused on, you know, when is the most appropriate time to provide that limited and, um, limited opportunity. Okay. Yeah. So just, um, trying to give the opportunity and then make it somewhat of a challenge, which that'll be good. And what, what type of weapon methods are you able to use during the season? Yeah, so this season basically follows all the methods that are available for deer or elk except atlatl. So so you can use firearms, you could use archery. Um, we don't, you know, there are the specific restrictions that are the same for deer and elk that are in the regulation, but it's not an archery-only season. It's not a firearms-only season. It basically is any of those methods. It's, a, you know, what you choose to use at that point. Okay, so right. there's no time frame of you can use a certain weapon during this time frame of the season nope. versus this. Nope, nope, nope. So it's it is it is basically a ten day season. You choose the method. There's none of those additional restrictions within that season or anything like that. The only thing that would uh, provide for any additional restrictions would be if you're hunting a certain area, conservation area, or or federal lands that have implement restrictions. So if it's an archery-only area versus, you know, firearms or archery, that's the only thing that would apply. But for the season itself, any of those methods are allowed. So just to be clear, if you're hunting one of those areas, you have to go by what that certain conservation area method rules are and regulations. You don't get exempt for any bear hunting. Nope. No, no. And, and we have a table on our website that identifies all the conservation areas, the MDC owned lands that are open to black bear hunting and what the allowable methods are on those areas. So, you know, some of those areas may have additional restrictions through signage and things like that. But in general, it gives you an idea as to which areas are open and what the allowable methods would be on those areas. Okay. And then is there any specific regulations to the type of bear that you can harvest? Right. So so we have within our regulations that you are only allowed to harvest a bear that is by itself. So you would not be able to harvest a bear that's in the presence of another bear. So that would include females with cubs or cubs with the adult female. So so basically any lone bear is eligible to, eligible for harvest. There's no restrictions on the sex of the animal, uh, no size restrictions or anything like that. Uh, and then the only other thing is you can't harvest a bear that's taken refuge in a den. So you wouldn't be able to find a bear, push it out of the den or anything like that. Uh, but again, the season timing, the majority of our bears wouldn't be denned up at that point. A question that comes to mind uh, when you say that, would it be against the rules to maybe like sit outside and wait for 
if you found uh, where a bear's living, per se, and how far away would you have to be from that area before you could take him? Yeah, so the, so the regulation doesn't specifically address that. I would say, given that this is a quota hunt and only a 10-day season, that's probably not your most effective methods, that you are better off finding where a bear is actively feeding um, rather than than kind of thinking about it from that sense. If you know that bear has taken refuge in the den, I'd say it's an ineligible bear, basically. Okay. Um, and those bears, once they've once they're in the den, and they're actually denned up, they generally don't move very far. They're kind of right there associated with that den. And, and the way that our season is timed right, you know, with that October time frame, uh, bears are still in their hyperphagia period. So they are focused on food, food, food. They're consuming as much calories as they possibly can. Um, and that primary food source is really acorns. And so when when we're talking with folks about, you know, scouting and thinking about where you should be looking for bear activity and stuff like that, um, you know, for anybody that started scouting in July, bears were still on blackberries. Those blackberries are going to be long gone by the time you get to October. But if you start finding those those areas that have really high oak abundance, good mass trees, um, especially white oak acorns. That's really what bears spend a good majority of their time on. Um, so a lot of what we've been you know, telling folks is think about looking for bear sign, finding scat. That is like the best thing that you could possibly find. It shows you what the bear has been eating. It gives you a timestamp as to how long ago that bear was there um, and really focus on finding those natural foods because that's what bears are doing that time of year. It's a little bit different than deer. It's not the breeding season for bears. And so they are really focused on food at that point. That's some quality info right there. Yeah, I think no, a lot of people sure. are going to, uh, enjoy that little tactic. Right. Anybody with anybody with a bear tag is listening in hard right now. I'm uh, telling the, the Discover Nature class. We talk about that in like great detail. It's it's a really it's a really good thing. But there's also tons of resources out there about like scouting tips for bears. I mean, so so here, you know, one of the other components of the regulations, we don't allow the use of bait and we don't allow the use of dogs. And so those are two practices that are allowed elsewhere. Um, we know that either the steel hunting or the spot and stock type hunting success rates are going to be low. So you really do need to think about um, finding that sign and finding that fresh sign um, and the other part of it is bears are a low-density species. So especially here in, in Missouri, that density is variable depending on where within bear range you are. Um, and even if you're in areas that have uh, a higher density of bears, it is still not at the levels that folks who deer hunt are used to. Bears just live at much lower numbers on the landscape. That's just how their populations are. And so you have to think about, you know, these bears, when you're out there scouting, uh, you may be covering an awful lot of ground before you come across even a lick of bear sign. And so it's really, you know, keeping, keeping that in mind, uh, that it's not it's not like deer hunting in that sense. We have a much lower density of bears, and you're really going to need to be uh, putting in the time on the ground to look for that fresh side um, and look for those good food sources and stuff like that. Okay. Now, obviously, we talked a little bit about not baiting 
during the season. Is there any time throughout the year that you can bait a bear um, kind of leading up to the season just to kind of get an yeah. idea of what's out there? So our, our regulations follow that for deer and, and our other species as well. So basically that 10 days before the season, any bait needs to be removed. So, um, so if you were to put something out, you have to remove that bait 10 days prior to the season. Um, but one of the things I try to impress on folks when they're thinking about these kinds of things, um, especially if you're hunting um, in, you know, in areas where, you know, bear numbers are a little bit lower so say different parts of zone three or zone two um even in areas of zone one once a food resource dries up that bear moves on to the next food resource so so when you think about it from that perspective finding those abundant natural foods marking where they are going back to those places closer to season looking for sign is really going to be important to success because because bears are so focused on feeding when that food resource is gone they're not sticking around there they may walk back through but they are not spending time where there's no food so if you get a trail cam picture of a deer hitting your bait 11 days out before season don't count on that be it bear being there exactly <laughs> exactly so so it is so it better serves you to know where the natural foods are that you can then go look and see if you can find that fresh sign and, and stuff like that absolutely yeah we're lying i think it'd be a good way to you know maybe have some inventory on bears but maybe not so much relying on that to hunt the bear right for sure yeah well um you mentioned something else about uh, berries and then switching over to acorns. When do you find that transition of them working this kind of summer food source pattern into a, a more of a fall food source pattern? Yeah, so generally that period of hyperphagia basically starts now. So generally mid to late August, they kind of switch over and become really, really focused on consuming calories. So prior to that, they're eating a lot. I mean, bears spend a lot of time in blackberries. They'll consume a lot of blackberries and stuff like that. And then those blackberries usually are gone by by early August, mid, mid-August in, in some cases. But generally before that, we see those blackberries dry up. They'll switch over to a lot of different other berry crops. So they'll be eating sassafras berries this time of year and into September, um, spice bush, a variety of other things. Uh, but once those acorns are ready, you know, they really switch over to those acorns. And so bears are not averse to climbing trees and eating things out of the tree. So so you will get bears that, you know, climb into the sassafras and they knock down a ton of branches and stuff like that. And in areas where you have uh, beech nuts, a lot of times those beech nuts fall really late. So the bears are up in the trees consuming the beech nuts and they create these kind of little nests. And basically they're just feeding platforms that they bring branches towards them, eat, move on to the next tree. Uh, but really starting around the middle of August to the end of August, um, they're switching into those fall foods. And, and at this time of year, they're consuming about 20,000 calories a day. So they're wow. eating huge. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Huge amounts of acorns. And they're spending a majority of their day feeding. So they can feed up to 20 hours. So, they're, I mean, they're really, really, really focused on those food sources. Um, 
And so as the acorns start falling, they'll, they'll be taking advantage of those. Uh, you know, they'll eat a variety of other tree nut species and things like that. But the acorns are really, especially white oak acorns, are really the preferred food source that they spend the majority of their time on. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. And, and so whenever people are going out looking for sign, they're looking for, uh, you mentioned scat tracks, obviously, um, maybe do they leave, uh, a lot of hair or, or around trees that they climb up and down or. Yeah, they can. And so some of that gets to be a little bit tricky. So bears will scent mark trees, um, on oak trees. It's pretty hard to see that in our, in our class, we show pictures of pine trees that have been scent marked by bears and it just, you know, they have five toes, five claws. And so you see kind of those five marks, they will chew on trees a little bit. Um, but even where we're doing our active research projects, we don't see that all the time. So, so really, when you're thinking about scouting, uh, you're really looking for tracks and you're looking for scat. Those are going to be the biggest indicators. And, and really, for somebody who doesn't have experience looking at bear sign, that's going to be the easiest things to come across. And so, you know, looking in the roadways, gravel roadways, shoulder edges and stuff like that for tracks or scat along water edges and stuff like that. Um, if you find an area, you know, that's got a really abundant mast crop, uh, when bears spend a lot of time feeding in one location, they deposit a lot of scat. And so you'll start to see, you know, scat that is kind of varying in age and stuff like that. Um, even if you're, you know, you find an area with sassafras, like I said, they'll break the branches down and knock, knock limbs down and stuff like that. Uh, one of our, our biologists that does the class with us, uh, he has some really great pictures of um, sassafras damage from one of our collared bears that looks like storm damage. I, I mean, wow. if you, at, at a quick glance, you'd look at it and you go, geez, something happened here. And it's just a bunch of the upper limbs just broken down, twisted off at the edge. And she basically was just up in those trees, pulling stuff down, breaking the branches to get at the berries. And so, uh, you know, when they're extensively feeding in one area, they do that a lot. Um, so, so we kind of encourage folks like scat, scat is the best, like tracks help tell you that a bear has been there. Scat will help you get an idea as to how long ago the bear was there, what they were eating and stuff like that. Um, so, so this time of year, yeah, you're, you're looking for mainly tracks and scat. Awesome. That's yeah. Quality info for some strategy to getting out there and looking and finding bears. Right. Um, well, Laura, you know, it's so new to us. We try to come up with as many questions as we could for the regulations and, and kind of like the history of the bears. Is there anything yeah. that we didn't touch on that you think is important as far as the black bears in Missouri go? Yeah, you know, I think I think you covered a lot of the basics, which is which is great. I'd encourage folks if they're interested to visit the Department of Conservation website. There's a ton of information there. Uh, we have a Black Bear Hunting Digest, which is an online hunting digest uh, that basically covers all of the bear regulations and everything one would need to know um, about, about covering, you know, thinking about bear hunting and things like that. Um, and then I would say, you know, if you're interested just in bear management and stuff, we've got tons of info on the website. Uh, but I think the big thing and, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to communicate, whether you're interested in hunting bears or not, 
is that Missouri is bear country and that we are a state that has a bear population. And with that, um, you know, there is, there is kind of that, that build your knowledge about what it means to hike in bear country, what it means to camp in bear country. You know, a lot of folks go and float the Ozarks and spend a lot of time down in the Ozarks and, and that, that's that's bear country and so we have to start thinking about that now it's not you know it's not just going out west for going to the smokies or something where you have to think about fairs and camping and everything that that's here too and so you know communicating that with folks and, and understanding that i think is really important there's a lot of info on our website and mdc is a partner with bearwise.org it's a really great resource that has like tons and tons of condensed information on black bears and black bear encounters and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you spend any time outdoors or, or, you know, really, you know, live in or near areas where, you know, bears may travel through, it's really important to just start understanding what that means. You know, when we think about that growth rate and that population potentially doubling in 10 years, that's 800 to 1600 bears. That's, that's a lot of bears on the landscape. And so we're really at that stage now um, where, where we have that opportunity to learn and be proactive um, because one of the other parts of living in an area with bears is that human bear conflict can occur. And we, we like to emphasize that it's human bear conflict because a lot of times it's what we do that creates the potential for that right. conflict. And so really understanding that and kind of getting to know that now is a really good thing. So we can be proactive and not have those kinds of things happen. Well, I think you've given us a lot of good information to kind of percolate in the brain and uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of resources to look up even more information. And um, I I didn't draw a bear tag this year, but uh, I will definitely check out that class that you guys are offering. Good. Because that yeah. definitely sounds like something I would be interested in. Right? Good. Is there is there anything uh, that you guys have going forward? Um, anything that you guys are looking forward to or uh, plans as far as the uh, the bear plan in Missouri? Is there anything um, that we haven't covered or? Yeah. So we we have a new research project that's going to be starting up. Uh, basically this coming spring and summer. Um, so as I said, we, we utilize research to help inform management decisions in, in many cases and with bears, you know, that's, uh, that is certainly what we have done and what we continue to do. So that research project, um, is basically another hair snare study. And so we're looking, we're going to be setting up hair snares across a much broader geographic area, trying to gain an understanding of differences in density, from expansion areas to the core range and using all of that to help inform management decisions down the road um, and also to help us develop a monitoring protocol for bears moving forward. So so that's something that is coming down the pipe. We'll still have collars out on bears, monitoring survival and reproduction and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of it is the bear education stuff. You know, when you see those news releases pop up, take the time right. to read them and click on the links because... Um, you know, and, and share that information because that's, that's some of the best ways that we can get the word out, like this kind of podcast and, and, you know, basically, you know, you two can tell two other people and they can tell two more and then word spreads that way. And we get a lot of that really useful info out. Yeah. Because I mean, we are 
mainly our, our, our main audience is hunters, but we would love to have uh, a population hear about bears because being educated about them makes you less worried about them. And I think Absolutely. that people are going to be worried just because they don't understand. Absolutely. I'm just glad that we have black bears instead of grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have to agree, Travis. I'd have to agree. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, as a final word, you know, I think it's really exciting that Missouri is having access to all these different native species to the landscape, and we're able to start creating hunting seasons for them again. And yep. that just really excites me. You know, I never thought when I was a kid that this would be something I would be able to do in Missouri. Right. right, both right. elk and it's, black bears. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's you know conservation full circle, right? It's a it's a huge conservation success story, and and uh, bears are one of those those animals that that we can really show that you know through sound management and conservation, you get to the point where you can have that limited and highly regulated harvest to to have this opportunity for residents of the state. Right, and I know my my. Uh parents always talk about you know the first time they saw a whitetail in missouri and i'm excited for the first time i see a black bear in missouri yep. or an elk Absolutely. or something like that i think it'll be uh hopefully a huge success and yeah. and uh our hunting will expand over the next few generations hopefully yep well do you have anything else to add nope i think you guys covered it all all right. Well, awesome. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to re-listening to this episode just to kind of get a good idea and sense of what to do right. for future black bear. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully one of the two of us will draw a tag next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good luck. Yep, right. thank yep, you. For sure. Well, thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. That was awesome, man. What do you think about that? Dude, that that was awesome. I mean, what a great resource, really, for for – people who are just interested in the topic like myself and for people who actually have tags that are trying to put some on the ground this fall, hopefully they can get into that class and, uh, and have some luck. Yeah. I thought she was super thorough on everything black bear in Missouri. And I think that we really got lucky getting this podcast together. I yeah. mean, it was a good one. Yeah. No kidding. But no kidding. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I learned a lot. Hope you guys did too. And we'll see you on the next one. Adios.